Welcome back, Life in the Wine Bottle fans. If this is your first time, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and podcast like Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook at Life in the Wine Bottle. This is part two with at Dallas Wine Chick. Make sure to listen to part one to hear how Melanie got started in wine and wine blogging. Enjoy the episode. Now, I was just researching about wine bloggers, okay? And they say there's about, let me see, over 31 million, okay? 31 million bloggers posting at least once a month. All in wine or in general? In general. Okay. That's a, that's a big, okay? So in wine, I'm sure, I'm sure the number goes down a lot, but I, I want the listeners to understand how big this uh, industry is, I guess you can call it, right? The blogging world isn't just a small, like, oh, I know a couple people blogging. This is a huge industry, you know, and you're doing it once to twice a day, right? Well, blogging once a week, but the rest of it, yeah. The social and then the it. social side of it, you're doing it, you know, almost once a day. So but to do blog takes a lot of work. It's not just once a day. <laughs> I know. Somebody was asking me if I was blogging. I said, I'm not a good writer and I don't want, that's a lot of work. You know, you really have to do a lot of research and put a lot of energy to it. Um, and I'm not, not for it. It just, I really don't have time. <laughs> it, it, that's what it comes down to. So if I'm going to do something, I'd rather do it a hundred percent and not just do it just halfway. So did you um, see any connection between your marketing firm and your blogging? Was, was there any, like, I know we kind of uh, talked about it prior in the beginning, but you said you had some customers that like wine and then went into the wine world. How was that experience? You know, I think a lot of my customers share a, a love for wine. And so it's fun to go to dinner with them and everyone just hands the wine list over and just trusts you implicitly. Okay. So, so for, for you, for you, or are they trusting somebody else? Uh, for, <laughs> to me. <laughs> oh, to you. Okay. So they say, okay, you're, you're the Dallas wine chick. Here's the menu. Choose uh, whatever wine you want and then we'll get the food. That's basically what exactly. they're saying. Exactly. Pretty you much. Got a, you got a big responsibility. It is responsibility, but it's fun. Um, okay. And then I always try to make, you know, give them something that they haven't had before, which okay, is fun. Okay. okay. So you're always kind of um, experimenting a little bit. Yep. And kind of getting out of the bubble world that there's only one type of grape, which is Cabernet Sauvignon, and there's nothing else, right? Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was kind of a fun fact that people always think Nap Nap was kind of known for Cabs, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon. And I know they've been trying to grow a couple other things there, but they kind of that's kind of their go-to, you know. Uh, Ramona is a little bit different. They're growing a whole bunch of different bridles. And, you know, they're just starting up here. So that's pretty funny that they, they give you that responsibility because of your background. Fun. <laughs> but, fun. But, but it's great. Um, yeah. And then what about the trending? What kind of what other trending is going on with the wine world that you've been seeing besides the virtual taste? Yeah. Um, definitely virtual. Um, I think there's been a lot of realizations on packaging and supply chain with a lot of wineries trying to figure out how to get things from point A to point B. Yes. Um, I think states too. I know there's challenges in different states to ship to states. I don't know if you know about that. Yes. Oh yes. Yes, <laughs> a big. I assume Dallas is okay. You could, you're okay. Um, we we're fine. The governor has actually opened a lot up compared to how it used to be with TABC. Oh, nice. Um, which is nice. 
Um, but we're still one of the most challenging states to actually get into. Really? Uh, oh yeah. We have a three tier system and it's, it's, um, it's very challenging. Yes. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. yeah thinking about Texas, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a big, yeah. That's a big thing right there. Cause I know New York is a little challenging and you know, everything has to go to a distributor and then from yes. there it goes to the wholesaler and then, then by the time you get the bottle, it's probably like $5,000 instead of yeah, a $20 bottle. Yeah. So it's, you know, you see how it starts, you know, every time it passes somebody, they, they, get a, they have to make sure there's a, a market sign on or a number sign on there to give it to you guys. And then, and then, so then the COVID, so you haven't seen anything too different going around uh, besides those wine tastings and then the shipping packaging. Well, I think it'll be, you know, I haven't, we were supposed to, as I said, be in Italy right now. And um, I think it'll be very, probably heartbreaking to see what happens to these these small winemakers in, in Italy and that have just not been able to sell their wines and not been able to get them out of the country. And um, I, you know, I'm hoping that my favorites will still be around when I come back. Yeah. Is there, um, are you still in contact with them or is there any kind of feedback that you've been talking? Have you talked to them lately? Yeah. Yeah. What are they saying right now? Are they just saying the government shut them down completely? Is there any reopening phase going on or? Um, it's very slow. Uh, they have not, the ones I've talked to in the country, in the cities that I've talked to have not been able to reopen yet. How big is this winery? Are they, what, what will you say? Acreage wise? Do you know vineyard size? I mean, I'd say I'm just guessing. About, yeah, that's fine. About five thousand bottles. Okay. Yeah, so they're pretty medium. So I mean, they're right yeah. above us. So they're they're small wineries. So for the listeners that hear that, they really are small wineries. And, and they're all family owned, and they're generational, and it it just and, and that's what they that's what they know. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And, and there's no like, oh, I'm just going to start doing something else because, you know, you know, it's not the states that you can just get up and just become, you know, own a gas station, then go own a winery and then go own a super, yes. you know, it's completely different in another country. And uh, so my background is Colombian. So I know a little bit about that. Okay. And it's actually, I think one or two wineries that grow grapes in Colombia. Really? Yes. We, we we went there last year. We weren't able to make it. It was about like a three-hour trip um, from where we're at. But um, I wanted to go. Hopefully, next time we can go travel out there and check it out with the family. Oh, yeah. So it's a little bit different, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wine in Colombia, not coffee. <laughs> you know, that's the normal. Um, so that's pretty good. And do you think the um, uh, virtual tastings, do you think they're going to last more? Do you think that's kind of going to be the normal? I, I think so too. I mean, I've seen bigger wineries basically say if you buy a certain amount, you will have a virtual tasting with a senior member of our team. Oh, really? So, I, but I also think, you know, people are still not comfortable traveling. While they may want that winery experience, they're not comfortable getting on a plane. And right now, if they're trying to go to Sonoma or Napa, they really can't stay anywhere. Correct. Um, yeah. I just, have you heard, have you heard of Camus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did I can't you hear remember. his article, uh, the I, Wagner family? So it was a good article, and I, you know, of course we agree with them because we do not sell um, food here. Yeah. But for our listeners, if you haven't read it, it was a good article. It's I believe his name is Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. Yep. Um, he started a winery. We went there I think two years ago, um, 
with my wife and my in-laws and they have a beautiful winery and uh, the Camus winery and their two kids I think the daughter and son became winemakers now I don't know if you know that they have some great wines too okay there's I mean it's really good flavors good gold good great aromas and he wrote an article or they're basically suing the governor in California because they're not allowed to open and restaurants or wineries that can serve food can open, but wineries that cannot serve food cannot open. And he had a great point saying, hey, we can be outside. I have my table spread out. We should open. And I, I thought that was really interesting because here we're trying to give a good push to kind of open up in our area because we're similar to like your, the, your friends in Italy. They're small. Most of them rely on this because a lot of them are retired. And if you can't move the product, you, you know, there's no money coming in. And then the second part, for me specifically, we sit on a, our bottles and we let it age for a couple of years. So I don't have space for storage. Right. And I, I, we can't just, yeah, yeah. The harvest is coming. <laughs> this year's pit, we're going to bottle 2016 wines. Okay. We're going to bottle 2016 wines. And I don't know where those bottles are going to go because that's going to be about, you know, 5,000, 9,000 bottles there. So it's it's going to be real interesting. I, I hope I can sell, you know, a couple of pallets worth, but I have no clue. We don't know what's going on. So, but yeah, I like that you say that the, the virtual tastings seem like they're going to be they're like a good, you know, hit. Um, have you seen anything unique about those tastings from when you when you do them with the winemakers? The uh, John Cole Bosset blending session through Raymond was pretty interesting. Okay. So, so then they give you what milliliters of mm -hmm. you, is that what they're sending you? They give you the little um, the testers and milliliters. They give you four bottles, and then you go online and and kind of figure out what you want to do. So it was Cab Franc Merlot and uh, neutral oak, and then a oaked Cabernet. Oh, nice. So that should be. That really brings the whole, if you're a wine lover, that's kind of what everybody wants to do. Exactly. Right? Taste, get the aromas, and then, hey, let me just blend a little bit here, right? You have a great time doing that. And then you, now from there, from now on, most likely, you're going to have that sense of, oh, that was kind of my bottle. I well, hope that. If you want to pay more, they'll make your bottles for you if you do a certain uh, <laughs> So there's a little catch there. There's a little, <laughs> but hey. It, who doesn't want to have their own bottles, you know, their own name on the bottle, you know, have that part. So that, that's, that's actually pretty funny. That's a great idea. And yeah. really thinking outside the bottle, really. That's, that's probably the biggest innovation I've seen. Yeah, that's a great idea. So anybody, I don't know if I'll do that. I think that's, it's, that's a lot of work, but it's yeah, a great right. idea, you know, because <laughs> they, they're in a little different bracket than us. Uh, you know, most of us here, we're in the vineyard. Yeah. We're trying to market. We're bottling the bottles. Yeah. <laughs> we're tasting the barrels. And we're having our family, you know. So I'm running around for kids. So um, five years. Yeah. A, a little bit longer, a little bit, but it, it's getting there. It is, you know, it's, I'm still enjoying it. So that's not a big deal. So I want the listeners to, to know kind of you, you are a big deal. Um, and then let me know how you got to this point, as in how do you get this ranking? So Dallas Wine Chick listeners, or our listeners listening about Dallas Wine Chick, 
she's currently ranked the 31st in the world, correct? Okay, so not just in Dallas, everybody, all right? Uh, Dallas is pretty big, but it's not just Dallas. It is the whole world, and it's for wine blogging. So congratulations on that, because when we first emailed, you were 40, 47, uh, so somewhere a, a little bit higher, but now you're you're breaking it. You're breaking. You're getting to the top twenty. You know. So how do you get to that point? Is there somebody that contacted you? Um, did you send out an email saying, "Hey, I've been I have all these followers"? What what happened there? Um, I think Feedspot is the the ranking organization, and they go through and they look at your blogs, and I guess you know they they put a quality number on it. They look at your social media followers and they uh, decide where you should be on the scale. So it's a huge honor. And yeah, I, I was shocked. <laughs> and, and now did the numbers, so how long ago did you get on the, on the, on the list? Do you remember? Probably four years ago. Okay. And then you just been climbing? Yeah. Lauren, okay. So is your goal to get higher now, now that you're there, or you're kind of, happy that you're just within the top of I'm happy I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing I haven't really changed anything so um you know I'm not I'm not a I have to be this number kind of girl this is just fun for me okay excellent so you hear that listeners she loves it okay it isn't somebody's not paying or just doing it no she loves and she's having a great time doing it so why would you think so not why but what is it making you so unique in, in, in the wine world that you can influence a lot of the wine, I guess, customers? How you, what's making you influence them so, so well? I, you know, I think that it's because I don't give rankings. Um, I don't tell people what they should like. I just, you know, if I do a, a roundup, I talk about why I like it. And I think over time people have tried different things and have decided that I like this or I don't. Um, and then her palate may align to mine mm -hmm. and the people that, that I hear from. That's perfect. And then in the palate side of it, I can see that completely. Some, you're just kind of off. You're not the same. You yeah. know, there's no, there's no if, and maybe they just, some customers like this wine than this one, you know, there's, and it's really strange, you know, cause it can score really high on a magazine. It can score high on your blog. It can go score high on a lot of points. But it's probably it's not as good as what you thought it was going to be for somebody. And that's just a palate. And that's okay. You know? And that's what wine, I always say wine, that's one of the biggest parts of the wine world and the life of a bottle is it changes so much that it's just fun opening a bottle now, then opening it in, in five years and opening, I guess if you're a collector, uh, opening in 10 years and, and on forth, so forth. So you get a different aroma and taste and it just, it's fun doing that side. And yeah. obviously I'm a little fortunate because I'm able to do it. We've been, you know, uh, making wine for about eight years now. So I can taste one that's, you know, eight years ago and then taste some that are coming out. So it's kind of fun seeing that side. And then what about your, can you describe a little bit about your uh, blogging style? Is there anything specific that you see different than other bloggers? or So, so that listeners can kind of say, oh, okay, I like the way she talks. So most likely she writes this way and I would like to follow her, right? It's really telling a story. Um, 
you know, I'm not going to tell you that this is just a bottle of wine and here are the notes that I taste. And it's really telling the story behind the wine, how it was made and, and who, you know, who was behind it and, and how it came about. Okay. And then for anybody thinking of becoming a wine blogger, what kind of tip will you give them? Is there one specific one that you say, I should have did this in the very beginning or, or no, just do it. I'd say make sure you have a passion for it because okay. you don't want to put a ton of, of time and money and design into something that you're not going and build a following and then fade away. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And that's the hardest part about doing anything. It's just uh, the world catches up to you, your yes. life, and then your priorities start changing, you know? And it's kind of challenging to say, okay, I like doing it, but. I got to do this, you know, and then you, you forget about doing what you're, you're, you really are doing it for a purpose of enjoyment and just kind of giving feedback and sharing with the world what you like. Exactly. I mean, I'd say it's set realistic goals. Um, you know, my one regret is that the photos, the beginning of my blog were horrible. <laughs> better photos. <laughs> As in, are you hiring somebody to take photos or you're just getting better at taking photos? No, I'm just getting better. Okay. Uh, is it an iPhone? Is it a Galaxy? Yeah iPhone, iPhone, that one. Yeah, these phones. I mean, <laughs> these phones are taking amazing pictures. You know, um, when I do the podcast, uh, like with a person, uh, uh, not a human person, but a person next to me, <laughs> that's somebody on Zoom. I use my iPhone, you yeah. know, and I record it there. So it's really nice to see that part. Um, what about? I I asked you if you had a wine collection. I do. So talk to us a little bit about your wine collection. And just to let you know, my father-in-law has a wine collection and he did it just to let you know how he started. And then, and that's a question for you. He went to one of our wine members house. Okay. So we had a wine member. Uh, he's pretty successful. He did a little wine collection. I would say I don't have a picture. I mean, dimension size, but uh, I would say is a, like a five by five. It's a pretty, decent room you know tall high ceilings so my father-in-law comes to me and he says hey we're gonna build a wine cellar and i'm like well we got one <laughs> you know we and just to let you know we have about uh we have a cellar that's 1600 square feet nice and there's about three thousand bottles of our product and then we have 84 barrels in the okay. cellar and then that's where we do our tasting i'm like what do you need wine for? You know, like where else, how much more wine? And he's like, I just want one in my place. So he built one. And if you go to our podcast on our YouTube channel, you're able to see it. And it's about a 10 by 14 size wine cellar. And you can hold about 2000 bottles. Very cool. Okay, so it's a pretty nice one. So yeah. talk to us about yours. Is this big, small, how many bottles, you know? Um, we have Eurocobs. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. You just broke up there. What, what was okay, that? We have Four Eurocobs. Okay. Um, and probably about, let's see, the ones that fit are probably about 575 bottles. And then we have stacked up cases next door. Okay. And then we have the sample closet right now, which probably has about 200 wines in it. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And what's the, what's the sample? What, what, what are we doing with these samples? Um, you... I, I've made a commitment to try everything that I'm sent. Um, oh my goodness. And you have 200 bottles, you said. Right now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's like a little bit with the pandemic because you just, I used to just, 
have like a neighborhood thing and yeah. you just can't do that anymore. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, oh my goodness. So you're kind of stockpiling this stuff. Uh, not trying not to. <laughs> No, your liver can only take so much. <laughs> and you have to work, right? <laughs> That's great. Yes, that is great. Yeah, you got to wake up the next morning. That's exactly. the biggest thing. Okay, so you got quite a, so overall, you're, and do you have anything else besides the same? No, that's it. <laughs> okay, so you're looking at uh, a thousand bottles? Yeah, I'd say roughly? about yeah. Okay, so that's a nice collection there. What about, is there any favorite bottles that you just kind of always say oh i'm glad this winery sending it to me or you bought that you're like this is my kind of prized possession <sighs> and no, yeah. no problem if you need if you don't want to say a name and you know i uh, and you kind of want to i don't want i don't want the wineries to think that you're biased and anything like that so let's yeah. go how about this way a favorite variety how about that i love champagne oh champagne really yeah. interesting okay so, so that's good. And then, do you get a lot of champagne samples? No, not in, not in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Well, <laughs> the wineries out there, if you're listening, she loves champagne, so she she wants to do a, a closet filled with champagne samples. So oh, I, no, no, I don't need more samples. <laughs> that's another one there. <laughs> okay, so you got about a, a thousand bottles. You like more champagne style wine or a champagne? I mean, I like. I love to discover. Yeah, so, no, you, you enjoy wines, different. You know, um, so I don't. I can't say I have favorites, but if I was okay. stuck on a desert island, then that would. And you're I had bringing the champagne. You're having that. What about most expensive bottle on there? Um, would be a. I can't tell you the exact year. I think it's an '84 Chateau. Oh, wow. Okay, and what what's the cost right now? Did it go up in value? Is there? The last I looked, it was it was somewhere in the neighborhood of seven hundred dollars. Woo. Yeah. So is this a special occasion to taste or is this never going to be tasted or drink? I, I am not sure when I'm, we're going to drink it, but we will drink it because okay. it's okay. special. And everything, yeah. I think you should be, you should have the opportunity, especially in these times, right? Yes. yes. I can't tell you when you're okay. going to. But you will. Like, yes. You will. Okay. And, and to tell viewers, and that, this is another like kind of fun fact. 90, I think they said 99% of consumers drink their bottle of wine within the first month. <laughs> 1% are the collectors. Okay, just to let you know. So you're basically there. You're at that 1% that you're collecting it longer. And when do you get this bottle? Um, back in the, I'd say the early 90s. Okay, so yeah, you're a big collector now. So I want people to see that that you know, if you open up your your collecting your your seller and you're just like, oh, I have some bottles from five years ago. You're a collector, but if you open it up and there's nobody, nothing there, <laughs> or you just <laughs> bought a bottle last week, yeah, you're not a collector. Which is obviously what wineries want to have is to buy, you know, have you purchased bottles. <laughs> so since you've been tasting a lot from home, is there any recommended uh, wines that you want to taste, like new wines that you've been Kind of tasting that you're really enjoying right now that you can recommend oh gosh that's hard okay you know i can't endorse <laughs> okay okay uh what about varietal was there a specific writer that you've been seeing constantly coming at you or you know i've had some really interesting wines from spain and portugal lately okay. that have been sent my way that have been kind of fun oh nice uh, so you're getting wines from uh outside europe you're getting wines from all over the world Yes, from the U.S. distributors. From the U.S. distributors that 
they yeah. found you in Europe, they have bottles here, and they're sending it to you. Oh, sweet. So that's well, I did, I did do a tasting last week with Massimo Sensi. Um, and I he saw was, that. Yeah, so he was in, you know, seven hours. Poor guy was 11 o'clock his time. Yeah, and he made it work. Yep, he did. He was and great. I, I saw a little bit about it. Was it a good experience? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, um, good, good. I got to take a look at that. Uh, I saw it on Twitter. Um, I wasn't I'll, able to watch it yet. It'll be on the blog this month. At some oh, point. that's probably okay. Yeah. yeah, I was reading about, or you tweeted it a little bit. That you're, you're getting ready for it. You're getting excited <laughs> for it. So, all right. Well, we're done with the whole, this is the end of the podcast. We're going to do a quick little fun game that I created. It's called Spit Wine Game. And all it is is you got 30 seconds. I'm going to give you about five or six questions. And the first word that comes out of your mouth. Okay. It's going to be wine, though. Okay. Okay. So it's not going to be something that you need, you know, not math questions, not the universe. No, it's about wine. Uh, the only challenge is that since I don't want you to endorse a specific, I'm going to change, I think, two questions. And I'll just change one of the questions and then won't, won't add the other one. So it's real quick, as quick as you can. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Red or white? Five, four. White right now. It's white hot. right now. Okay, good. Uh, so I can't ask you this one. I guess favorite varietal? I'd say champagne. Champagne, okay. <laughs> Wine region. Wherever you can go, which one would it be? Oh, I'd say Montepulciano or somewhere in Tuscany because I'm supposed to be there right now. <laughs> okay, perfect. Last bottle you opened up. Hold on, I have to look. <laughs> Sorry. No problem, no problem. This is why uh, it's a game. Greg at Chill's uh, Fumé Blanc. Okay, perfect. How was it? That's it. That was the game. It really was, quick. It was good. It was good? Yes. Oh, perfect. And then um, let's do a real quick, give a little shout out about your company, um, where they can find you just in case somebody is looking for marketing and, you know, and, and you can take up new customers. So a quick little email or your website and then shout out about your Instagram for Dallas Wine Chick. And, and then I'll just close off after that. So just go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, if anyone is looking for B2B marketing companies that need to tell their, shoot me an email at Melanie at openlock, O-F-E-N-L-O-C-H, consulting.com. Um, for anything blog re related, I am www.dallaswinechick.com or at Dallas Winechick on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you very much for this. Uh, I'm calling you Dallas Wine Chick from now on. Okay. Everybody, Dallas Wine Chick, I appreciate your time, your experience, your knowledge, um, just in the wine world. And do you want to add anything else? Are you, is everything good there? Oh, this was a blast. Thank you for including me. Oh, good. I really appreciate all you do. Um, I'll keep on following you and liking your stuff and reading about it and helping myself you know, get better my, uh, with my bottles. And I hope, you know, the, the listeners can hear that too. So um, that's it, our podcast. This was Wine Blogging with Dallas Wine Chick. Um, make sure you follow her. 
And also, Life in a Wine Bottle, subscribe to our YouTube, podcast channel, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora's coming on. What else? And then Instagram and all that good stuff. So thank you very much, everybody. 